You're in the water loop. Welcome to Waterloop, the podcast helping water leaders to discover solutions and drive change. I'm the host, Travis Loop. For 50 years, American Rivers has worked to protect and restore waterways across the country. During the organization's existence and through its efforts, many rivers have improved, such as the Noose and the Elwha, while others are in tough shape, like the Colorado and Snake. The progress and challenges are discussed in this episode with Tom Kiernan, President and CEO of American Rivers. Tom also talks about the goal of protecting 1 million miles of rivers and removing 30,000 dams by the year 2050, as well as how the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act can help with the work. You're in the water loop. Tom, super excited to talk to you. I'm a longtime fan of American Rivers. Love the work that you guys do for rivers across this country. Uh, before we dive into some of the meatier topics here, wanted to ask you, uh, what's your favorite river and why? Um, well, my favorite has to be, frankly, the creek across the street when I was growing up, a creek called Donaldson Run. Um, and I often say I actually grew up physically and emotionally in that creek. The creek does um, run down into the Potomac River. And the Potomac River, uh, when I was a teenage boy in middle school, high school, that's where I learned to fish, learned to kayak, spent a lot of time in that river. Uh, and that was back in the 70s when it was pretty unhealthy to be in that river. And we can perhaps talk about that. It's a lot cleaner now. But it's my nearby creek and the Potomac River here uh, around Washington, D.C. that would have to be my favorite. Awesome. All right, I'm just going to pause. So American Rivers is turning 50 this year, a uh, big milestone for the organization. Uh, how would you describe kind of 50 years of American Rivers, this, this journey that the organization's been on? I know you haven't been there since the beginning, but how, how would you reflect on this, these five decades? Well, it's an extraordinary accomplishment what American Rivers, our staff, volunteers, partners have done in the last 50 years. So, you know, first, I want to give huge credit to the founders, four individuals back 1973 realized we had an emerging crisis with our rivers. Uh, a lot of it back then, uh, industrial pollution flowing into the rivers. We had it was towards the end of this dam building throughout the country, more and more and more dams being built. We had the Wall and Scenic bill that had just been created. So we um, had a lot of opportunity to start protecting rivers. So kudos to the founders in the last 50 years. I mean, we've removed uh, roughly about 1,600, 1,600 dams throughout the country, starting to allow rivers to flow again. We've protected over 150,000 miles uh, in many of these American rivers, whether in the lead or with partners. And we've uh, removed uh, about 40 million pounds of trash from our rivers. So those are just a few statistics. But again, kudos to the founders and the staff and the volunteers the last 50 years. A lot of progress for our rivers, though with climate change and biodiversity loss and, and environmental injustices, we're, we're seeing a new wave, if you will, of challenges 
to our river. So a lot of progress and a lot of work still to do. Mm. Uh, that just kind of all clicked for me, st uh, launching in 1973. This is around the same time as the Clean Water Act, around the same time as EPA getting formed. So there was like this real movement in the U.S. It was kind of like this this environmental movement, right? And so you guys have your roots in that too. Um, Very much. And, you know, one of the catalysts for the Clean Water Act back then we had rivers, yeah, folks may recall or heard of the Cuyahoga, mm -hmm. that was on fire. So, I mean, that was a catalyst for reducing the pollution, at least industrial pollution, into our rivers and realizing our rivers are not just wastewater conveyor belts. They are so much more. So at one level and in some dimensions, we have made a bunch of progress in the last 50 years. Our rivers... This is a low bar to set, but our rivers are no longer uh, catching on fire. So, you know, I, as odd as that is to say, you know, I do want to point out the Clean Water Act in many ways has been successful. American Rivers and, and many colleague organizations have done a lot. But again, we are seeing significant challenges now going forward. But acknowledgement to the progress that has been made. Yeah, there has been a lot of progress, that's for sure. And I, li I like to focus on on some of the progress and the solutions as on, on these episodes. Uh, what are some of the rivers that jump out to you that stand out as having made the most improvements or are really notable for the improvements that have been made? Yeah, a couple of examples. One we announced in 2022 last year the Noose River in North Carolina is River of the Year. And I was down there with the administrator of EPA, Administrator Regan, to do this announcement. We were there with many state officials, local officials. And I think the Noose is uh, kind of a microcosm of some progress that we've made. It's an example where uh, EPA, federal EPA, provided some grants and some leadership and some targets. The state environmental agency um, worked on it as well with grants and convening a lot of the local communities and towns. We saw in the last 20 or so years on the Noose River a reduction in the uh, runoff from the wastewater treatment facilities from urban or excuse me, rural and agricultural runoff. And it was very much a collaborative effort. It was a set of communities along the Noose River saying, oof, this is a polluted, unhealthy, unswimmable uh, river, we can do so much better. And now the river, um, people are fishing on it, recreating it. The water is cleaner. The habitat is better. I believe they also removed a few dams on the Noose River. Um, so that's at least one example of good progress. Another one, uh, the Elwha River out in the state of Washington. It's uh, part of uh, the Olympic National Park. And we removed uh, it was about eight years ago or so, eight, 10 years ago, the two biggest dams at that point on the Elwha River. And we saw within a year salmon migrating back up the river. And the, you know, it, we were reminded how dynamic these river systems are when you remove dams, when you allow the natural functioning of a river to happen, they will restore rapidly. And so the Elwha River bounced back and, you know, got really strong salmon runs there. So again, the, from my perspective, rivers working on river restoration is a hopeful 
exercise, hopeful mm-hmm. effort, because we can, uh, and I would say we must, improve the health of our rivers. And you can do it by getting at some of these big issues, some of the major pollution, uh, reconnecting rivers to their floodplains, mm-hmm. removing dams. Um, so progress can be made. And in fact, we have made significant progress with Elwha and the news as two uh, recent examples. Hmm. Well, I, I like a, a couple of things and you said, points you made there. You know, the noose, that microcosm idea, right? Like it, they have the urban stormwater issues. They've got the agriculture issues. They have industrial issues. So they've they've got all those those challenges that, that rivers face, but the progress has been able to been made in the face of those. I love that. That's near me. Uh, I've camped along that river, so I need to uh, get back up there and check it out more. Uh, and then also, I like your point about you pull the dams down uh, or you just give nature time to be itself again, and it can heal so quickly. It's really, it's really amazing that like once humans back off <laughs> or remove whatever that that problem is, how quickly nature does does rebound. That's always encouraging. Um, and how allowing, enabling those natural systems to do their things is good for the environment, good for habitat, and good for drinking water. I mean, mm. we get 70% of our drinking water from our rivers. So having the wetlands, the floodplains, the headwaters of these rivers be functioning, uh, restoring, it's good for our communities. It's good for our health. And yes, it's good for wildlife habitat and fishing and recreation. So those natural systems, um, we can look at it many ways, but from a selfish perspective, allowing rivers to do their things helps us as humans and helps our communities. All those things you mentioned have economic benefits too, right? It's not this environment or economy argument. That's long proven false. Uh, you know, like when you when you have a better river, healthier river, the tourism, the fishing, the business, everything that goes along with it. Um, all right, just to, to turn a little bit negative, I guess, uh, what are some of the rivers that you're most concerned about right now, 50 years into the work of American Rivers, sitting here in 2023? Which, which ones jump out as being kind of the most in peril or facing some of like the really tough, acute challenges? Great question. Um, I would start with the Colorado River, the mighty Colorado is in a severe, what will likely be perpetual drought situation. People are talking about aridification, a permanent drying up in the Southwest. We're seeing the Colorado at record low levels, Lake Powell, Lake Mead at low levels. We are potentially running into very significant issues with power production on those dams there. Um, you've got 40 million people in that watershed dependent upon the Colorado for drinking water, a $1.7 trillion economy uh, dependent on the Colorado River. And what we're seeing in the Colorado is just an example, a big example, but the threats to our rivers are evolving, are cha- changing, and kind of the number one crisis, climate change. Mm. We are seeing increased droughts in many regions of the country and also increased floods. Uh, You can talk for a second about California in a major drought and then they had their atmospheric uh, rivers dumping unprecedented amounts of water. So we're seeing floods, droughts, fires at a greater rate, all of which 
are imperiling our rivers. So again, one of the biggest threats is climate change. Climate change is water change. And the Colorado River is probably the one that I'm most worried about. It's why we listed it this last year as our most endangered river. Uh, the river is endangered and the communities, the farms, the economy throughout that watershed in the seven states and, the, and Mexico is severely endangered because we're over-relying uh, and, and over-drawing water from that river. Mm. Yeah, I guess that one can kind of stay at the top of the most endangered list every year at this point, right? Because that 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 the rainfall that was usual or in the past is not coming back to that area. Aridification, like you said. Um, right. And we will, you know, right now, this year, uh, the snowpack this winter is relatively good. But again, what we are seeing, and, and you said it, and I agree with it, that there will be yearly var variations, but... Uh, the general trend line is drier and drier throughout the Southwest and for the Colorado. So that is uh, number one. We'll see what we list this coming year. I think you can also just look at some other rivers, if I may, the Snake River yeah. um, up uh, Idaho, Oregon, Washington in the Pacific Northwest has four dams on the lower Snake River. And those dams have profoundly harmed uh, especially the salmon that used to migrate up the river, up to the Salmon River, uh, <laughs> up the Snake, into the Salmon. We're now at 3% of historic runs of the salmon on the Salmon River. So they're going extinct, and there we, we know what we need to do. The science is clear. We've got to remove those four lower dams to protect both the water quality, but very much biodiversity, very much cultural values as well. The Nez Perce and other tribes in the region have for thousands of years depended upon, connected with the salmon that have migrated up. I think the, the latest was 16,000 years we have documented history of the Nez Perce in that region relying on the salmon and their culture is so connected, uh, as is the culture modern day uh, in the Pacific Northwest with the salmon. So that's another river that deeply concerns us in there. We know what needs to be done, and it's just getting the political will to remove those four lower snake dams. Mm. Well, I know that removing dams is a is a priority for American rivers. That's one of the things you guys are after all the time. You mentioned in the beginning how many have been removed over the past fifty years. Uh, I, I saw on your site that you've you're aiming to remove thirty thousand dams. Get thirty thousand removed by a certain year. Is I think is your target. Yeah. 30,000 by 2050, so okay. 27 or so years from now. Okay. Could you talk about that goal? Why Why you're, Why getting dams out is so important? Why you're kind of aiming for that number? And then how, you know, how you're going to go chip about chipping away at that? So building off of my previous comments, our rivers are seeing a new set of crises, climate change, biodiversity loss, environmental injustices, where the dirtiest water, the most polluted, tends to be where there are communities of color. And that's just pure factual data from EPA. So we have significant newer challenges to our rivers. And so to address these challenges, which are enormous, which are growing, 
We feel American Rivers and our partners need to scale up our work. Taking, we've, as I mentioned earlier, taken down over 1,600 dams um, in the last 30 or so years. That's good. That rate of dam removal will not enable our rivers to be healthy as we see more floods and droughts from climate change, as we see warming waters and likely increased loss of freshwater species in our rivers. We need to dramatically up our game. We've got to increase the rate of dam removal, increase the rate of river protection, increase the rate of cleaning up the quality of our water, and that's getting at some of the urban and agricultural non-point source runoff. So we have set some ambitious goals for ourselves and our partners, the 30,000 dams removed. Um, there are roughly about 400,000 dams in the country. So 30,000 wow. is a big number, but exactly. In aggregate, we're talking, it's a little less than 10% of our existing dams. Now, we will be uh, targeting high-priority dams, dams that are having the most significant damage to communities, to wildlife, to drinking water, and, and most at threat with floods and droughts. But 30,000 dams is roughly going to be um, 10 times the rate of dam removal. Mm. Fortunately, we we're able to get significant funding in the bipartisan infrastructure bill, the IIJA, to launch this dam removal renaissance. Some some reaction and questions here. Uh, I had no idea there were four hundred thousand dams. That's staggering uh, in the U.S. Um, it seems it seems like there's been a, like an uptick recently over the past several years in dam removals. Maybe maybe I'm just paying more attention to it. It seems like there's been a little bit more action on this front. Is that right? Yes, um, I think people are coming to understand. When we talk, and this is, we've talked as a nation a bunch about infrastructure, that our rivers, the natural systems, the rivers, the forests, the public land, that is infrastructure as well that we rely upon. Mm -hmm. And in the bipartisan infrastructure bill that I mentioned, we, the American Rivers and some of our conservation colleagues worked with the National Hydropower Association. So some of the dam owners and we worked with Congress and had a bipartisan effort to put $2.4 billion in the infrastructure bill for dam removal, dam safety, and to, in some cases, improve the hydropower performance uh, uh, retrofit of some of the turbines. So the point is, I think we've got bipartisan understanding that rivers are really important natural systems that, Amer that we humans and our communities and our economies depend on, and we need to enable the rivers to, to be healthier, and that includes removing dams. So I think we're, we're breaking through not just the rivers and the dams, but the understanding of the American public that while some dams absolutely provide some benefits, a lot of the dams are abandoned, obsolete, no longer serving a useful purpose, but are or and are harmful to the river because they're blocking migration, whether it's nutrients, fish up and down the river, and they're changing the water temperature in those reservoirs. So there is kind of a, an emerging renaissance of dam removal to improve the health of our rivers. 
When I've posted about dam removals on social media, uh, I have had a, a, a number of comments about Oh, what do you, good good luck with getting electricity then. That's like the the biggest common uh, criticism. People jump on the posts about that. Uh, what, what's your reaction? Seven um, percent, a good amount of our electricity in the United States is generated from hydropower. Hydropower is an important backup to complement wind and solar. Wind and solar power are a little bit more variable, a little mm. bit less predictable. Um, so hydropower does back up wind and solar. It can make up if, if the wind's not blowing or the sun's not shining. And when we talk about dam removal, let's remember only 3% of all of our dams have hydropower on them. 97% of our dams do not produce electricity. So we can remove a whole bunch of those dams without impacting at all hydropower production in the United States. Now, mm. there are some of the dams that do produce electricity that, like the ones on the Lower Snake, that we do want to remove. And we've done the analysis. Others have done the analysis. We can replace that electricity with wind and solar and batteries. So that's a false comment to say mm. we need all dams out there for hydropower electricity. It's just not true. Yeah. Uh, one of your other goals that I noticed that jumped out at me is protecting 1 million miles of river by 2050 also. Um, what do you mean by protect? And uh, yeah, and how, how do you go about that work? Let me preface the answer with um, American Rivers. We went through a rebrand, a new logo and, and tagline for our 50th. And the, it looks uh, sharp, by the way. I'll, I'll just say, nice work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Travis. Yeah. And the tagline is, life depends on rivers. And that is so true. Our life, wildlife, we depend on the rivers. And one of the best strategies, in addition to restoring damaged rivers, but is protecting existing rivers that are relatively healthy, that are flowing, that are providing nutrients, clean water, uh, drinking water for us. So we have targeted um, protecting a million miles. That's roughly about a third of all of our river miles in the country. We currently have the Wild and Scenic Act that was created back, uh, passed by Congress in the late 60s and, and uh, also tweaked in the early 70s. But um, that is a key tool that allows us to protect certain outstanding resource values, whether wildlife, scenery, recreational values. And we're working with some colleagues and tribes throughout the country to come up with some additional tools and ways of protecting our rivers. And we will be kind of unveiling those in the, in the coming year or so, but we think there's some additional tools that can help protect rivers, support communities, support our economy, um, and ensure that the rivers upon which all life depends, um, that the rivers are able to continue to be healthy. And we're talking both rivers that are out in the middle of the wilderness, which are wonderful, important, but also rivers flowing through urban areas, rivers flowing through towns. Those are important places as well to protect for some key values and make sure that the water stays drinkable and the river is, is 
uh, swimmable, fishable, and we can recreate on it, et cetera. Yeah. You, you mentioned a couple of times the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, mentioned how it provided some funding specifically for dam removal work. Uh, how else has uh, how else has this historic legislation, this incredible level of funding, uh, been uh, used to set up protections for rivers? How else can it be tapped into for the work that you all want to do? There are a number of additional um, uh, allocations, appropriations of money in that bipartisan infrastructure bill. I think there was um, roughly, because uh, I can't recall this, but $50 billion dollars for additional water protection, uh, water improvements, whether it's upgrading some of our stormwater systems or our wastewater treatment plants throughout the country. Um, down in Jackson, Mississippi, where we've had significant challenge, that community has not had reliable drinking water. Um, so there's significant funding for improving that. There was significant funding, several hundred million dollars for the Southwest and the Colorado River in particular, money that, among other things, can go to helping agriculture change their practices. So 80, just going back to the Colorado River, 80% of the water in the Colorado River is used for agriculture, for farming and ranching. And that's, that's an important, obviously, use of the water. And there are new techniques, new approaches, new crops where... Uh, American Rivers is piloting this with some farmers and ranchers in the Colorado Basin to continue with their farming and ranching and livelihood while using less water. That That's going to be the reality of, of what they need to do. And that bill, the IIJA, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill, provides significant funding to support farmers and ranchers in making that transition. Mm. Yeah, that's that's great stuff. Well, Tom, uh, I'm glad we had a chance to connect. Uh, congratulations on 50 years of, of American Rivers. Uh, I definitely, like I said, I'm a, I'm a big supporter and I look forward to kind of tracking the progress towards a lot of these goals here with dam removals and, and river protection. So uh, thanks for coming on and sharing the information. Thank you, Travis, and I would encourage your listeners um, to get involved. Uh, to perhaps join American Rivers at AmericanRivers.org. Um, you know, join us, join in this movement to protect our rivers. We take very much kind of a pragmatic, um, bipartisan approach because we're looking for long-term solutions. We love our rivers. We need our rivers. Life depends on rivers. And we want to work uh, with so many different stakeholders and, and individuals and companies and communities and people. So encourage folks to join. And Travis, really appreciate your all your work with Waterloop and all of your partners and stakeholders. This is We're going to succeed at this together, working together, and appreciate all that you're doing. Totally. It's a very exciting time. You know, a lot of a lot of progress, a lot of reasons for optimism, and even in the face of all the tough challenges, for sure. Tom, thanks. A lot, Travis. Take care. Waterloop. Thanks for listening to this podcast. To find all episodes, sign up for email updates, and connect on social media, visit waterloop.org. Waterloop, Waterloop.